Now is the time to submit quietly. We control all you hear and feel. You are about to enter a great adventure and experience the awe and mystery from your ultimate fantasies to your deepest fears from which you may never return. Welcome back, everyone, to Strutting from Gorilla, the only podcast that 45-plus people listen to on a weekly basis. It's fantastic. The dozens and dozens of fans just continue to multiply here at Strutting from Gorilla. I am Big Vito, and I have a lovely cast with me here again this evening. We have Mikey Cash. What's going on, everybody? Nice to hear we're reaching the dozens and dozens of uh, striding from Gorilla fans out there, ready to electrify with more audio SmackDown. We also have Mango. Hey, Vito. Hey, guys. Just want to let you know, I am single-handedly responsible for the uptick in viewers. Uh, 1995 sells, guys. Love it. We also have Mr. Bobby Stone, the leader of men. Good evening, gentlemen. Always happy to be back. And uh, also talking to the dozens and dozens on not only our podcast, but our Twitter at strutting from gorilla or at from gorilla is who we are. So that's exciting. Here we go. (laughs) So today guys, uh, glad to see everyone's doing well. We got mango with this shirt on today. So that's a, that's good news. Things are starting to cool down. The weather's, the weather is starting to cool down here in, uh, in the, in new England, but um, not here at strutting from gorilla. We are, Ready for some hot takes today. Um, we got a lot on the docket. Uh, today we are talking about our favorite wrestling events um, slash pay-per-views. We might even sprinkle in some of our, uh, our least favorite, you know, if we're feeling real crazy today. Um, the, our, be- our best or favorite events. And uh, let's let's get started with some, some interesting news. You know, yesterday, I think I... I, I mentioned to you guys that uh, the WWE is doing a new thing called the Thunderdome, you know, uh, in, in, on SmackDown this Friday. Uh, curious to hear what you guys think that's all about. Uh, I like it. I didn't think I'd hear myself ever say that, but I like it. I, for a long time, have thought that the way that WWE presents wrestling has been pretty stale. It's that it hasn't really changed for what, like, 20, 30 years, really, with minor adjustments here and there or things they didn't really stick with, like the most recent brand split they did. So I'm excited to see where it goes. What uh, What do you think it's going to be? I mean, there's speculation all over the place. I was, I was on Twitter and, uh, of course, being uh, at the strutting from gorilla position on, on Twitter, we have a lot of wrestling followers and I've been seeing all these different updates and there's a giant set. Um, that's coming that that's coming along for them uh, to me i think they're kind of using it as a way like the nba i don't know if you guys have watched any of yeah. the nba and disney world but i think not having that that fan experience has been a big issue i think you know mike me and you had talked about this a while back when this whole quarantine thing started with covid19 we uh aw kind of took the lead on that because not having any fans in the audience has been 
making it very tough to watch. And AEW kind of put a few people in there and they were cheering and it made a big difference. And I think mm-hmm. that they're, they see this happening for the foreseeable future and they need to find a way to fix it. And I think they're, they're doing what WWE does and they're putting money at the machine. And I think they're going to make this big experience where you can see fans digitally and virtually. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. What, what do you think there, Mango? I think it's needed. I think something is definitely, I mean, it's really, really tough to watch without the fans. They are, uh, they're, they're almost the third wrestler in every match or the, you know, the, just the 12th man, like they're in football. Um, I, so basically you're saying it's like, I've seen the NBA, the NBA is doing it really well. The NHL doing it to an extent. Major league baseball is crap. I don't know if you guys watch baseball. Yeah. At all. There's nobody in the stands at all. Uh, and God forbid so, you swing at a 3-0 pitch. People give you shit <laughs> for it. Can't do that. <laughs> it's just, I mean, they have an opportunity here. They have an opportunity to kind of switch things up. And I really think at the beginning of this, I thought they would have done it quicker. I think maybe they thought uh, that the COVID-19 was only going to, I mean, like I saw, hopefully it was only going to last a couple months. So they can get back in front of live audience. Um, my wife is actually a wrestling aficionado herself. So, uh, the first time we saw SmackDown after the COVID-19, we were really, really excited. It was like the first live event. Um, and we were like, what are they going to do with this? And then it was just, it was very stale. There was no, they were just trying to kind of move things along. They weren't trying to innovate the way that they have in many other areas. So uh, hopefully they, you know, they do something. Yeah. You know, they, they, it kind of puts, it makes it feel like it's more produced than it already is, you know, cause you can see it like all the, especially when they talk, right. It makes a big difference. However, if you have watched AEW, which I think we have some breaking news here for the <laughs> first, first time ever, which we'll get to in a second. But if you've ever watched AEW, even recently, the promos are so much better because they're not scripted and you can tell. They're not totally scripted like WWE. So, uh, but back to that breaking news, Bobby Stone, can you please enlighten the viewers on what you did this week? So for the first time, I, uh, I was poking around on the Twitters at the app from Gorilla, just checking them out. And next thing you know, uh, no DQ actually reported that Mike Kyoto was on AEW and I haven't seen a Mike Kyoto match in ages um so it instantly triggered me over and the fact that he was even refereeing i thought was really cool so So hold on one second though bobby you are probably the only person i know that turns on the tv when they know a referee is on (laughs) tv dude kyota has ref some phenomenal matches so the Hmm. fact that he was even brought in you know i kept hearing about the different wrestlers that were uh even getting uh, either poached or, or talked to, or, you know, you know, we've been talking about it that the WWE is, you know, just been letting wrestlers go like, uh, like our Zack Ryder and, you know, um, plenty of other guys that we've already talked about before. And it, it piqued my interest a little bit, but then I heard Kyoto was over there. So I was like, what is happening? So what did so you I'm think? Wa- I, I'm watching it. And then I go, I hear Jim Ross, I hear Tony Schiavone. I hear 
Taz and I'm just losing it. I'm like, did I just walk back into 2003 all over again? It was fantastic. <laughs> so uh, yeah. the quality of matches, it was actually my first time watching anything really live. And to your point, Matt, you know, not hearing anything with the uh, with the pop of the fans and at least AEW had some people there. Um, but it was still weird. Um, it, you know, just still not seeing a live audience, but all in all, I, I'd be lying to you if I said, I remember who was actually wrestling that match. I was just flabbergasted at the audio, the, the visual, what was happening that the wrestling actually didn't bring me in on that one. Uh, but it was, it was pretty cool. It was actually really yeah. cool. Well, congratulations on your first week. Uh, I know we are all big fans of, especially me and Mike are big fans of AEW, but, uh, but, but I I suggest you keep watching. It's pretty good. However, I mean, there has been a lot of talk around the rumor mill about people going over to AEW cart wrestlers, and it's just been a whole giant buzz. But uh, one of the things they're doing is I think Cody, Cody Rhodes is issuing a, because they have the TNT championship. It's kind of, I don't want to call it like the Intercontinental Championship, but it's 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 the TV like a title. it's like TV title, yeah. And um, there he basically called out a bunch of people. And I know on Twitter, uh, JTG, the guy from Crime Time, yeah. he laid out like saying he's coming for Cody Rhodes, and a couple other guys did too. Um, oh, who the heck is the guy? It escapes me now, but there are two other guys that did that, and I think it's just a tease to get people to tune in. So we'll sure. see what happens there, but we're glad you turned it on. Um, we want to talk about some other stuff that's going on, too. Uh, one of the big controversies right now in WWE is the Velveteen Dream. You know, NXT, uh, <clears throat> probably one of their their top guys, would you say? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, absolutely. Yeah, and I had a big controversy about... I don't want to get into too many details because it's kind of gross, but basically just <gasps> messaging dicks, pictures of his dick to underage people as uh, what I understand is basically the deal. And they suspended him, and now he's back on TV. So um, just kind of want to know your thoughts on that guys. Well, I, I think recently triple H was just on some phone call with, with someone where he addressed those uh, allegations. And he said, that they did do some sort of investigation and found there was nothing there. I think whatever investigation was going on clearly did not look at all of the screenshots that uh, even at Strutting from Gorilla was able to retweet from other people who have had dealings with Velveteen. So I, I don't know if they're turning a blind eye or if there's more stuff currently going on that they're not letting us know, but it just, it doesn't feel right. It sucks because I love Velveteen Dream. I think, I mean, the guy worked his ass off to kind of get where he is, but this isn't okay, and it just it just really sucks to see. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really feel right. That's the thing. It's yeah. hard to cheer for a guy when you know weird stuff like that is going on. Um, so, guys, just to pop in real quick, uh, I'm reading that uh, according to WrestlingInc.com, Mike, you uh, kind of referenced this a little bit that Triple H is saying he had a car accident and that's why he was out. He wasn't actually suspended. Does that right. sound? Right. It, so, no, that, yeah. Do we think that these screenshots are real? Oh my god. Oh, that's that looks cool. it's real. Oh, what the? F- Come on. <laughs> Sorry, guys. 
No, right. it's it's one of those things. It's like uh, it's it's you, with the internet nowadays, you got to be really careful with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you can hate on Cena all you want, you know, but it's rare you, you heard anything. Cena pick of his dick. Yeah, you can't see a, a pick of his dick. That is a hundred percent correct. <laughs> it's it's uh, it, it doesn't happen. He doesn't have many of that stuff. So I think when you're in that top top uh top tier you got to be a decent role model and and kind of adhere to that and understand it's just like being in the nfl so mike what you're saying is the the wwe did a a wells investigation style Uh, (laughs) absolutely okay okay just checking okay that's Uh, moving on at least that's how i feel yeah yeah no problem i i get it um uh we also had the sonia deville incident too um, I don't, I don't really know much too much about it. I don't know if any of you guys heard about it, but, uh, and could tell some detail on it. So pro wrestling sheet has a whole report of the details of this stalker that goes to Sonya Deville's house and around like two 15 in the morning, her alarm goes off in her house. She goes downstairs, the doors open. She sees the, the, the stalker there yells at him, says, what are you doing? And he just starts walking towards her starts making like threatening motions uh, and they luckily were able to get out of the house. The stalker ended up walking upstairs thinking that they ran up instead of out of the house. And so that gave them time to escape, call the police. Um, it's pretty horrifying if you go and look at some of the details. So I encourage the readers to go, the, the subscribers to go check it out. But um, it's some really horrifying stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. I would never want to be broken into. I can only imagine being a, a any type of celebrity who you have a stalker like that. So hopefully yeah. he, uh, hopefully things go pretty well. What were you going to say, Mango? I was going to say that, um, you know, with Mandy, well, Mandy was also at the house apparently in yeah. another room. And uh, I think they're doing like a lot of uh, these these videos now on Instagram. They were doing TikTok for a while, but I think they all canceled their things, but they're doing these videos that are uh, maybe uh, maybe showing too much of their residence. I don't think people... that that's... I, I, I appreciate that they do that, though. No, no, I do. But I, I do I'm just saying... Oh, yeah, yeah, right. But I, it's kind of dangerous to uh, be showing, like, where you're staying, you know? Um, yes, agreed. So maybe that's how this, this creepo guy... I don't know how he figured out where the lady lives. I don't know. It's crazy. But, uh, yeah, the, yeah. Inter- the internet is a powerful thing these days. It's been, uh, you know, I, I hope that doesn't happen to other people and hopefully some people learn from that. You know what I mean? But we'll, we'll see how it goes. Oh, you know, you might not even recognize her in a week anyways, when she might have to shave her head. So I think she's in a shave your hair match with Mandy. Um, so Hold we'll, on. we'll see what I'm happens. In the same house. What? Yeah. I K-Fabe know. Crazy, dead, right? Bro. Yeah. Kayfabe is dead. Oh, I'm not watching SummerSlam. um so they're not doing this shave your shave your head match for anything fun like cancer research or anything right they're just doing it because it's supposed to be you know shameful well i remember when molly holly did it i think molly holly and um right and who's the other person victoria yeah. So what what year was that? Like uh, that was probably two thousand four or something like that. Yeah. And who's back in charge of creative now? Does anyone know? Is it of Bruce? Bruce Pritchard. Is it and Brother Love? He's bringing back the old uh, staples of professional wrestling: the hair versus hair match, was which used to be like the big, huge culmination match to a few. 
it was like bigger than the cage match from what I had read before. The hair versus hair match is, is the ultimate grudge match. So yeah, I don't know about you. I don't know about you, Mango, but the hair thing, not really my scene. <laughs> yeah, they can have their hair. Fuck them. Yeah, screw them all. Screw them all. Um, but yeah, it, so that was some of the news this week. But let's let's move on to the the bigger and better things of today. The um, best events that we have witnessed as our at our uh, as fans of wrestling. I know there's been a lot of them. Um, so why don't we start like we always do? We'll pick pick one. Maybe two. I don't know. Sometimes I pick eight. I I, I try to go within the parameters, but uh, I get too excited. So um, why don't we why don't we get started? All right. So my favorite pay per view is one that I I got to admit I'm pretty biased because I was actually there. Uh, shout out to my sister. She was also there. Uh, it was SummerSlam 2002 from Nassau Coliseum. It is one of my favorite shows i think legitimately from top to bottom there's so many great matches uh it's obviously headlined by the one and only encounter of brock lesnar versus the rock for the then undisputed championship Uh, it also has the in-ring return of hbk against triple h in their unsanctioned match there's a show stealing match that if it were not for HBK returning and that match being as unbelievable as it was, it would have been categorized as a show stealer. And that was Rob Van Dam versus Chris Benoit for the intercontinental championship. That match was a barn burner. It was so good. Uh, you also have the show opener, which is Ray Mysterio versus Kurt angle. Now, the one thing that stands out in that match besides Ray Mysterio, just being unbelievable is the fact that the crowd gives a holy shit chant after a sunset flip over the top rope. Now, let's keep in mind, from 2002 to 2020, a sunset flip is essentially like a headlock nowadays. So everybody does it. So it's kind of amazing how desensitized the crowds have become to those kinds of high-flying moves. Uh, Real quick, let me just jump on this Rock versus Brock match. The audience was shitting on rock from the beginning. <laughs> as soon as he came out, they that the internet was kind of getting its start. They knew he was leaving to go film a movie and they were pissed. Uh, the match isn't anything truly to write home about. It was good, but it was really kind of what that symbolized. When you when you look at that in that time from up until that that pay-per-view that year, Brock Lesnar is the first person not from our mainstream attitude era to be in a main event match in all of 2002, it's remarkable. And it really was the beginning of that ruthless aggression era. So it was really cool to uh, to be in the crowd during that match, to witness The Rock get pissed off after the pay-per-view went off the air and uh, kind of turn heel, which when he would come back in 2003, he went full on into. But it was really great, and uh, and I loved it. Yeah, no, I um, I remember that one distinctively. I, I, I it's funny you remember that being the last match of The Rock. I remember for HBK coming back mostly, right. <laughs> and uh, I I was pretty pumped because I didn't think he was going to wrestle again. It started his second run of of um, 
I'm not going to call it dominance because I don't think he was as dominant. He was more grateful in his second mm-hmm. run, and it was it was kind of nice to see. But you see him put on some really good matches after after all of that. So I'm I'm glad to see that 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 was a good one. Um, that one did not think of that one, but you know you mentioned all those names, and those are all names today. That I mean, you have any one of those guys on a pay per view, and it's already just having them on there. I don't <laughs> even know who they're facing. Well, 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 you also had Chris Jericho versus Ric Flair, Edge versus Eddie Guerrero. Which yeah. uh, just sidebar, if you watch it at 31 minutes and 43 seconds, you might see Mikey Cash and the forehead <laughs> of his little sister. I'm just saying, you check it out. Okay, we'll we'll check that one out. That was a that was a good one. What um, now what did you have, Mango? Oh, uh, so yeah, that was great, Mikey. Um, actually, I do remember watching that uh, that um, that event, and the crowd was crazy. The crowd was insane. Yeah. Uh, and probably because you were there, but uh, I'm going to take it back to 95, 1995. Uh, I was going to choose uh, Royal Rumble 95 for a couple of reasons. Uh, I actually just want to let it, the listeners know they can listen back to our archives last week. We talked about our favorite video games of all time. And I picked Royal Rumble, which was a Sega Genesis game. And I just realized uh, looking back on it today that there was no Royal Rumble option in the game. So you actually, it was, called the Royal Rumble, but you couldn't have a Royal Rumble. You could just have one-on-one matches and maybe tag team matches. I don't remember. But um, I did choose – I wanted to just uh, talk quickly, really quickly, about why I chose the Royal Rumble. Uh, there's a couple of different things that, um, that really make the Royal Rumble special, and it starts with um, – it's the start of WrestleMania season. Maybe not back – oh, 95, it was the setup for WrestleMania. But it is a setup for when things are getting real juicy. You know, it's not the dog days of summer anymore. It's not uh, Survivor Series kind of brings things up a little bit. And then Royal Rumble takes it to the next level. Then you have the surprises. It could be anybody coming out every 60 seconds. Could be Diesel. He could pull a quad. He could pull a hamstring. Who knows? Anything, anything can happen. Um, and then also as a, in the Royal Rumble match in general, you can uh, kind of let everybody shine. Everybody kind of can do their, their wh- whether it's a finishing maneuver or whatever, whatever you have it. And a lot of guys can look good. Uh, they can kind of pump up each guy by having them throw a couple guys over. And then you can kind of see who the next guy is, who's going to be the next superstar, because they're like, they think that the fans are going to think that this guy's awesome if he had like 10 uh, people over the top rope. Well, uh, ejections or whatever so unless I, it's unless it's roman yeah. reigns mango because <laughs> your favorite wrestler when he did that uh got booed even with the rock by his side so yeah. I, although i i do agree though having a royal rumble on there is a is a great pick because mm-hmm. when anytime you have a royal rumble i don't care what it is i don't care if i don't know any of the wrestlers i always think that someone's coming back that doesn't come back in a royal rumble i'll be like yes, oh you know yeah. i'll be like uh <laughs> test is coming back on this royal rumble like, uh, loretto no he's not he's dead i'm like oh they're just fooling you <laughs> he's coming back <laughs> we're always right? disappointed you think, you think number 30 is gonna be someone awesome and ends up being tatanka <laughs> or Roman Reigns. I literally, the day, the day he came out 30 was the most, I don't know if you look on the reaction board on Google, like when he came out 30th on one of the, one of the Royal Rumbles, it was a few years ago. <laughs> Dude, everyone was like, oh, what the f-? 
fuck? Like, they were just, like <laughs> everyone was. Oh so yeah, good. it was like the height of the hate for the best wrestler in the in the company. But actually, you know, prior to him winning that rumble, the one where The Rock was going to give him the rub, and he even got booed with The Rock, and The Rock is like, "What is going on here?" Uh, the year before, he got cheered. He yep, he eliminated man. like a few guys. That was like his his run up. So yeah. that, but that wasn't my favorite Royal Rumble. Quickly, just to talk a little bit about the the Rumble that I picked '95. HBK was the winner. It was kind of like the first time where they gave us a quick swerve. So the ending was unbelievable. And I've actually been researching this a little bit. And Cody Rhodes said it was his favorite ending of any match was this '95 Royal Rumble end. So HBK and um, British Bulldog are the last two in the, in the match. Bulldog throws HBK over the top rope, but only one leg hits the ground. But as a fan, you don't see that. You just see uh, British Bulldog, like uh, his music actually came on, which is a huge, crazy thing back in the day. So two things. HBK, the way that he only let one foot hit the ground was unreal. It was like so unbelievably athletic. Like nobody can do that. He pulled himself back up like uh, I, I don't know. It was like back, upside down backwards. Then skinning he hit, the cat. Yeah, skinning the cat. Yeah. Then he knocks uh, Bulldog uh, off the top rope. So the Bulldog is in the corner with his hands up in the air being like, I won. I can't believe I won. I'm not a main event guy. How did they get, How did they let me win this Royal Rumble? And so he, he knocks him over the thing. He hits his head on the post. <laughs> it, was just, it was like the worst looking fall I've ever seen. And then HBK, of course, everyone's like, yeah, yeah. And so that was kind of. What were the story. other matches on the card? Okay, so the it's not quite a SummerSlam 92 card. There wasn't yeah. uh, probably an opener with, with Ric Flair and Chris Jericho. The opener was actually Buck Quartermain versus the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> <laughs> what a uh, clinic. What a wrestling yeah. clinic. You wanted to start off hot, and that's how you do it. You get – I never even heard of a corner. If I was in the crowd, I would have been cheering. Yeah. yeah of course. That's, <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Well, I mean, I think back then, too, the pay-per-views were only, like, three hours long. So the Royal yeah. Rumble was probably, like, a solid hour plus. So, I mean, you couldn't have too many matches. Yeah. They did have some classics on there. There was a Bret Hart versus yeah. Diesel match, which ended in a draw unfortunately, but it was a great match. It was a, probably the best match of Diesel's career. It, I think the old, the, the draws or disqualifications in a, uh, in a pay-per-view matchup is the lamest thing of all time, to be completely honest. Like mm-hmm. nobody yeah. wants that. It's like, you get zero, you get, you get to this climax, right? And people are supposed to be telling this story in the ring. And then all of a sudden it just, you know, I mean, it's like the shitty ending. It's like a, worse than a game of Thrones ending. Yeah, well, now I would not stand for it. In my at, at thirty-five, I would not stand for it. But at ten, I was a little more for, forgiving. I was yeah. like, "Oh, Bret Hart, yeah, I should have won, but okay, I guess we're going to this match." <laughs> uh, that was a good one. I, I like I said, I think the uh, the rumbles. Any any rumble is a decent pick mm-hmm. because it's must watch no matter what. I think I do I do two events every year. And it's uh, it's we either watch WrestleMania, uh, we watch Royal Rumble together, or or WrestleMania. Like that's it. Everything else, like if I find, unless something interesting pops up, that's kind of how I am. But um, which which year is Bobby Stone? Well, uh, Matt was actually talking about Bret Hart winning 
Uh, and this comes after Bret Hart took a really nasty loss. Uh, the loss of the title at WrestleMania 9 was followed up with the inaugural 1993 King of the Ring. Now, WrestleMania is ended in such a way with Hogan winning the belts and, you know, Matt was alluding to it uh, last week on, on, on another episode uh, where he just walked out. Nobody asked him to come out. Next thing you know, he's stealing the belt. And, uh, and here we go for some random match versus Hogan and Yokozuna. But I want to tell you why the 93 King of the Ring was so special to me. It roped in all of the, uh, it really just, it drew you in, whether it was on Superstars or Mania or uh, any of their other their television shows. That the, uh, Obviously, Raw had the qualifying matches. So Raw was still kicking off. It had, you know, your, uh, your it was still only an hour long versus whatever it is now, three, two, three hours long now way too long. Um, so the first round was the TV round. Bret Hart actually had a bye because, you know, he got hosed at WrestleMania nine, but then it was Razor Ramon versus Tito Santana. Mr. Perfect versus Doink the Clown. Kamala versus Mr. Hughes. Jim Duggan versus Papa Shango. Bam Bam Bigelow Versus Typhoon. Now, I watched this show because we were talking about Tugboat last week and how he was celebrating his birthday, and I went back to this match. Now, it wasn't necessarily the Nasty Boys versus uh, the Natural Disasters, but my God, were these big bodies just going after each other. Uh, lasted five minutes and eight seconds, and uh, it was an absolute oh disaster. That's, pro- that's probably five minutes and seven <laughs> seconds. Longer than it should have lasted. <laughs> um, there was a Bob Backlund versus Lex Luger match and Tatanka versus Giant Gonzalez. Now, during all of these, each week had like a what build year up was to this? it. What year was 1993. this? 1993. Okay. This was 1993. So in in during the whole buildup, you would have Gene Oakland doing the uh doing the qualifying reports and telling you about the inaugural uh, King of the Ring. It was just absolute. It was a fantastic buildup to, you know, some great matches. You had Bret Hart going against Razor Ramon. Uh, You had another one in the the semifinals, Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect, which was a fantastic match. Uh, And then you had Bret Hart versus Bigelow in the, uh, in the final. And then you had, Jerry the King Lawler beating the bag out of him at the end of it after he just had his knee completely destroyed. Lawler's beating the bag out of him because he's the only king in the ring in his eyes. And it was just, it was the start of the Burger King chant. I want to go ahead and, and on record and say that I'm pretty sure that I don't know if it was the next pay per view or the pay per view after that, but it was an in your house where Jerry Lawler faced Bret Hart in a kiss my foot match. There was yeah. a kiss my foot match. And quite, and I, uh, you know, when I was, you know, kind of looking around the interwebs at what 
you know what some you know the 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 most interesting and most popular pay-per-views kind of led me in to see what the worst ones were and actually that <laughs> the that one with the kiss my foot was like rated one of the highest ones because it, it had all these stars that that they tried pushing and and uh and then no one knew who they were at the time so that's that's interesting stuff that was a that's a good pick so bret hart won that obviously then right yes he did okay bobby i have an interesting tidbit about that uh, it's funny you picked that one because I actually just listened to a, an in-depth podcast about, about that actual event. And, uh, Bret Hart did not win a match on that card with the sharpshooter. He didn't, he didn't use his finish. That's interesting. That's wild. He was building this story that his, that's what Waller came in at the end and hit his knee. That's, he couldn't put pressure on his knee enough to do the sharpshooter. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he was so good. I fucking love Bret Hart. Yeah, it was I agree. it was Bret Hart versus Mister Perfect. It's funny you mentioned that, uh, where he he really did some serious damage. He did it against uh, Bre- it was Bret vs Razor in the first round. That's where he jacked up. He tweaked his knee, and then Mister Perfect did every all. That was one of my favorite matches. It's up there with one of my favorite matches of all time. Uh, excellence of execution versus Mister Perfect. I mean, those, that was a technically sound match. It was a lot of fun to watch, and, and Perfect just kept beating the bag out of his knee. So it's funny That's that you hilarious. mentioned the knee. Yeah, and I, one other thing, Bobby, is that I think the main event to that pay-per-view was Lawler versus Piper. Does that sound right? No, that was the Hogan versus Yokozuna main event. That was a oh. mid-card. <laughs> And that was that was wild in of in itself to have Hogan as a mid card because that was his final match at WWF. Oh, you, they yeah. were ready to get his ass out the door. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are all really good ones. Now I got to give you some of mine here. Well, I'll give you one. It's one. It's one. Um, it's really one hundred. It really is. Um, so. You guys all picked WWE or WWF ones, and mine is actually a ECW pay-per-view. So, um, One Night Stand in 2005, I, I was never an ECW fan. I never really watched it because I was kind of at that time where we were younger and I really was loyal to WWF. But when ECW came out and were bought out by WCW or went out of business. And then um, not, they didn't get bought up by WCW. WWF basically took the rights to all their, their, their stuff. I started rewatching some of the ECW stuff that I missed and I loved every second of it. It is awesome. And it, it, if you really think about it, most of the, the stars from today come from ECW and um, I was watching it. And so they, they did this thing. So ECW goes and, folds and i don't know it must have been the 2000s and um right, right at the beginning of the 2000s and uh so there's like a five-year period there we don't really mention ecw you still have some of the ecw guys in wwe at the time but they don't really mention it and then they bring it back they have this idea we're going to bring it back in 2005 we're going to bring it back after they did the re- release of the fall and the rise and fall of ecw i think it was called and yep. it, it was immensely popular um dvd and so they're like oh let's try bringing it back so they brought it back and they actually did it full scale and i went back and watched it again today i didn't really watch it thoroughly back then but i watched it again today and um it's pretty interesting because 
it was definitely they let they let Paul Heyman run with that show. I mean, they, it was very much like an ECW event. It brought back all the guys in there. I mean, you had Benoit versus Jericho in there, which was a great match. You had um, uh, Tajiri was back there with Mikey Whipwreck in his corner. Yeah, you just you, they brought back some of the old school guys. But what was really interesting about it was at the end they bring in. They, you know, they had during the match, they had the SmackDown and Rock Crusaders, they called them, come back. And um, they were just talking trash throughout the whole show about it. And I guess there was like real tension between the ECW guys that were there for like a one night thing and then these guys. And so they brought back this tension. And at the end of the show, they all collide, right? All the different people, uh, all the different superstars from the different shows. And I guess JBL actually started punching blue meanie right in the face and i watched it again today and it was legit he was punching him in the face the guy's bleeding and it, it became a thing and they had to the gbl ended up apologizing to him at the end um, but then when all of this is all of this is over right um austin comes out right because austin was in ecw before he came to wwe I think he maybe went to WCW first, then ECW, then WWE is what I, I yep. believe it is. And so he comes out last and he's hugely popular at that point and says, well, this show is not over. We got one measly guy that we have to take care of. And it was Bischoff was in the back on commentary and they bring him to the ring and they stun him. They give him a 3D and then a Benoit headbutt. And uh, dude, it was great. But if you really think about it, like it kind of relates back to how we all hate Eric Bischoff and he stole a lot of ECW's ideas. So they actually got the chance to kind of close that gap. Um, So it was, it was a really good show. Uh, You know, typically I'm always picking the ones that have like the best wrestling, but I just thought the nostalgia and everything on this was really great. The fans were really into it. It was, uh, it was good. I didn't realize it at the time, but I I actually really, really enjoyed it watching it now. Um, My, my honorable mention though, and I won't mention much about it because I went on there, but my honorable mention is um, uh, WrestleMania 17. I think that's one of the best, that was on my uh, best list. ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I mean it's got to go there. I mean, you had Rock Austin, right? I think they were in a no holds bar match or street fight or something. It was, maybe it became a no DQ match announced at the that beginning was of the show. Just yeah. Then you had another another. I mean, one of probably a dozen TLC matches with Dudley's Hardys and Edge and Christian. I don't even know who was on it, but it was probably a great match. Then you had Triple H versus Taker. And then you had the McMahons in a street fight. Shane McMahon versus Vince <laughs> McMahon with Mick Foley as the referee. So yeah. I, I, it was a, it was a great one. And then the other one that was pretty decent too. And it was, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the WrestleMania one. The, the, the number, it was the one with Lesnar and Angle, Triple H versus 19. Speech. It was WrestleMania yeah, 19. 19, which yeah. I thought was great too. Cause you had, um, that, that was also rock Austin. They weren't headlining it. It was angle and, um, and yeah. Lesnar, but, but you had triple, I mean, you had a HBK versus Jericho, which I think is a very underrated match. Um, I wish it was years ago in their, in their prime prime. Uh, but, uh, it was still a really good match. So those, th- those were mine. Um, and I really only had one, but I wanted to add those two because I really liked them. <laughs> Thank you, Don Vito. Yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, so those are those are all some really decent ones. I'm sure our, yeah. our fans might you know disagree on some of these. Um, I want to give a shout out. We have a listener, um, 
she had mentioned that we missed the storyline from last week, by the way. Uh, one of them that she thought was a, a terrible one was Kane Ver- and Lita when Lita miscarriages. I don't know if you guys remember that or not. I don't remember it all yeah. that well, but, but I thought that was a decent one, right? I mean, wasn't that Snitsky? Uh, it's not my fault. It could have been. Did he shave his teeth? Is that a real thing? Did he? I have no idea what that guy did, but he was. I'm pretty sure he, sh- he was rough he sh- to look at. You- Go back and look. He had like she like shaved his teeth that so they were sharp. And there's no way you can if you actually go and look at it. There's no way you can fake that. So I, I always wondered if that was that was real. It's gimmick infringement on Gangrel. I know for real. Um, but oh, those have you, those have you guys ever heard Gangrel on the mic? He's awful. No. Is he bad? He's, <laughs> is, he's, that, is it that good? It's so bad. And if you have a second. Uh, uh, look up the hashtag on Instagram, Mike Slip Monday. That's how I find all these videos where people are just flubbing on the mic. It's it's utterly hilarious. Yeah, those those are some pretty good ones that you send us. If you don't know, for those listening that don't know, Mango likes to send us some pretty hilarious Mike slips, and they're they're pretty funny. I think we saw a they're Sid cool. Vicious one and a uh, Lex Luger one. They were they were they were pretty good. But that actually brings me to a really great point. While we're on the subject. Um, I, I, I'm going to let Bobby Stone lead us off on this one, but we talked about best pay-per-views. I kind of want to, it's we don't, not everyone has to mention one, but you know, Bobby Stone seems to, we, we know he went to an event recently and fell asleep. So I, that has to be on the top of your list of worst events that you've been to. To that point, I fell asleep. It was a SmackDown just, uh, back in February, so I was allowed to be in the crowd. COVID wasn't a thing yet. Um, you know, and there's all the talk about WrestleMania. And it was my first time getting able to see Goldberg. Um, so I was really excited. I wanted to see the pyro. I wanted to, wanted to hear the, the beating of the drum. And it was a snooze fest. There was, I don't, I don't even recall who was wrestling um, you know, it could honestly, the, the, the gentleman could have put on an okay show. I doubt it was a great show because I fell asleep, but they might've been putting on a decent show. And I was, I'm just out of touch at that point where I don't know enough, enough of the, the new faces. Um, and I was really there just to see Goldberg and hang out and have a couple of drinks, but, um, Mike and, uh, Big Manx were actually there as well. Uh, guys, was the sleep warranted? I think yeah. we're going to have to put a put a picture of that up on the uh, the, the on the strutting, strutting from Gorilla. From Gorilla. I think that's going to go up there after this that's episode for sure. We'll do it. <laughs> um, you know, you know, it's funny though, Bobby. On that on that note, I when I first started dating my girlfriend, we've been together now obviously for four years. One of the first dates we went on, actually, it's probably exactly the second date. I, I told her, I'm like, hey, you know, if you're really going to like me here, I'm going to have to take you to a to a wrestling event. And she agreed. She was very nice about it. So I bought these nice tickets. It was a, a house event for Raw. I'm pretty sure Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns was the uh, the, the main eventer. So it's <laughs> shocker here. It's not going to be a good show. So we get up to the, we get up, we get these nice club seats and you know, she's, she's, she's being very, very cordial about everything. And at one point 
it was so bad. I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, I, I, I know you're not a fan of wrestling, but yeah, this is really bad. She goes, yeah, it really reminds me of interpretive dancing. That's when I knew we hit the low <laughs> of what wrestling standards were, you know, at that point. So I, I get it. Oh, there are some bad ones out there. There are some bad ones. Um, <laughs> I got to tell you, though, you know, with I, I'm going to give you one and the only one this time. And then you guys can talk about as many as you want. But the one that I had, I talked about ECW on the as being good there's also a really bad ecw one um the december to dismember in 2015 is got to be one of the worst of all time it is brutal and i i equate it to you know wwe has this great way of of bringing some a great idea to the table and then just absolutely shitting out a turd like a big (laughs) fat steamy turd you know once out of every 10 maybe they hit and and then they just they decide to put it they have something that's working and they change it and they brought ECW back and it was supposed to be this great thing everyone's all pumped about it and they had all the original stars and then for some reason Mr. McMahon has to get his hands on it and wants to make it like this developmental thing it was supposed to be all online right and Shane McMahon was running it and it was supposed to be edgier and then they get a network deal they take the money and then they start changing it into this like almost like an nxt a shitty shitty nxt and it's on sci-fi so they have to have these crazy characters and so in 2015 after this had all progressed it, it, it paul Heyman was running it and i guess it was just a disaster they they wanted uh a, a big show was the ecw champion and lashley was in the main event and they wanted cm punk who was also in the main event it was a uh it was a um uh elimination chamber match and they wanted cm punk to win and uh well paul Heyman wanted cm punk to win and vince mcmahon wanted lashley and then lashley ended up winning and it was this whole disaster it was a it was just awful so that that was mine as far as bad ones go i don't know if you guys have any to add to the mix uh new blood rising we're actually uh, at the 20th anniversary of that show on August 13th is when it aired. Uh, this is when Goldberg does the that stupid work shoot thing that WCW was trying to do. Basically, yes. for people who don't know, they were trying to blur the lines between reality and what was happening on the show. So they wanted you to believe that there were real life feuds happening. And so they tried to do all these these kind of just outlandish stories. and. And one of them, this Goldberg, doesn't show up until midway through his triple threat match with Kevin Nash and Scott Steiner, and then is about to get the finishing maneuver from Kevin Nash and moves out of the way and then just walks out of the match. So <laughs> it's typical WCW event <laughs> in 2000. Yeah. Uh, the, the, one, the one shining moment is Lance Storm versus Mike Awesome. Interesting. Mike, the the new blood rising thing is funny because they would. Do you remember when they would drop a bucket of red paint from the ceiling? Yes, it was so bad. And they would so never bad. hit the person. It would always land like right next to them. Ooh, but but you know, it, it's just hilarious. Like they could have talked to whoever was running the Nickelodeon shows at the time because they could always tips. find someone with a hundred percent accuracy. So all they needed right. to do was consult with somebody at Universal Studios, and they would have been fine. It uh, it doesn't sound very safe to have a bucket of paint fall from 300 feet up onto somebody's head. <laughs> like, anyways, like, come on. 
but so my uh, bad, uh, my worst pay-per-view of all time actually came up through some research I was doing to find the best pay-per-view of all time. And uh, I was kind of looking through the rabbit hole and uh, I saw a video on uh, Instagram. It was Hogan versus Nash from like 99 and Hogan was in the yellow trunks and Nash was like, it, he was the wolf pack or something or the NWO wolf pack 2.0 or something. But that actually le- led me to click on one other thing. It, I was down the craziest rabbit hole and it was, the NWO was really hot at the time. It was 1997. They were taking over WCW and they had their own pay-per-view. It wasn't a WCW pay-per-view. It was an NWO pay-per-view and the ring had NWO in it. It was NWO sold out. Right. And thinking back, you'd be like, Oh my God, let's watch this. This is going to be awesome. NWO is the best. It was, it was a piling steam of garbage. The final match was Hogan versus the Giant. The Giant was uh, this indestructible force as the champion. And guess who won? <laughs> Actually, no, no. It leads me back to what we were talking about before. It was a draw. The Giant, <laughs> the Giant got Hogan in the choke slam. He he went to pin the guy in Nick Patrick. You remember Nick Patrick? The probably Bobby Stone's favorite. He Bobby Stone remembers this. He loves the referees. Uh, <laughs> He was on the NWO side covertly, and he wouldn't count one, two, three. And so uh, I'm kind of going on and on. I'm sorry. But uh, on the commentary was Bischoff and DiBiase, which was kind of funny. And Bischoff, you just want to go through the TV and just strangle this dude. And uh, finally, what happens is the NWO come out one by one. The giant choke slams each one of them until – so six guys. It's like Buff Bagwell, Virgil, all the all the, the chumps, right? And then until Bischoff comes off of the commentary booth, gives Hogan a guitar, okay? <laughs> and Hogan goes into the ring. He's like, you can do it, man. You can do it. So Hogan goes into the ring with the guitar and hits the giant on the back with the fake guitar, and that knocks out the giant. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Yeah. Those, for that guy, but yeah. No, that's a that's a good one. I mean, there's 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 been some some really bad stuff that's happened. Uh so those are those are good ones. I'll tell you though, that's NWO thing, you know, it was a whole different set. You know, there's a story, and I, I've mentioned this before, but W the death of WCW book, you need to read it or listen to it on Audible. It is, I'm telling you, it's awesome. But they talk about why they did that. WCW was losing money left and right. So they're trying to make the Thunder brand into NWO, where it was going to be kind of like SmackDown and Raw, and they had kind of two different competing shows. That was kind of the idea behind it. It failed miserably, but because nobody watched wcw on thursday nights but uh read it read the book i'm telling you it's totally worth it i will tell you there's there we're running short on time i know that so i want to get to this real i want to get to our our wrap up here but there are a couple things that we honorable mentions that we missed that we had talked about uh it was the halloween havoc show where hogan and andre the giant were in there and then a mummy came to the ring and started dry humping the big show and hogan if you haven't seen it you need to google it that was a really bad one i forget i think it was halloween having 97 um then another one was uh the miz and um oh my god cena Cena. and it was a it was a great a 
disqualification in the main event. I think it was the rock, got, the rock, rock bottom Cena. And to me, I just, I hated that main event. First of all, the Miz was in it. There's a reason he's not a main event star, but then it ends, it ends in a disqualification. Absolutely brutal. So I'm sure there's plenty more. If you are listening and we missed out and you disagree with our opinions, feel free to tweet us. Um, we would love to hear if you have any ideas for our next shows, uh, please tweet at us. I'm going to let mango take it over here with our, uh, give you a little sneak peek of next week. What are, what are we talking about next week? Mango? Yeah, sure. Frito. So next week we were kind of thinking, uh, there have been a lot of guys in the top spot who have won the title undeservingly, but there have been a lot of guys who have never, uh, reached the pinnacle of the wrestling world. So next week we'll talk about, our favorite or best wrestlers who have never won the world title. I like that. This is going to spark up some debate again, tweet at us and let us know what you guys think. Um, So let's, let's go through here. I I know we probably missed a lot today, but um, let's go through here. You get uh, your final thoughts here, 30 seconds. Feel free. Whoever wants to go first. All right. Uh, Here's Mikey Cash's two cents. Uh, I'm going to begin with a quote that says, you're going to see a women's division, the like that you've never really seen before in America. That was Kenny Omega when AEW first started. Kenny, I'm still waiting because what AEW is doing with that women's division is grossly underutilizing it. They're What they're doing is it's a two-hour show. They're giving the women maybe 10 minutes, maybe. Uh, but let's make sure Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho have half an hour and that MJF gets 45 minutes to give a speech where he essentially just says, I want to challenge for the title. Um, I think if you're trying to be something different than WWE and you're writing a lot of these checks about how you're going to take the women's division seriously, you're going to need to actually take a page out of their book and actually take them seriously. So we're waiting. Wow, Mike. Tough to follow that. I would say, uh, are you saying I should watch AEW or I shouldn't watch AEW? You should, but still, I mean, I, I like them. That's why I'm also right. giving okay. them feedback. Awesome. So next week we'll have a little breaking news where I think I'm going to watch AEW for the first time this week. That's my final two cents. We love I've every been, second of that. I've been lacking in knowledge outside of 1995 WWF, so <laughs> expand my knowledge. And uh, let's let's go to Mr. Bobby Stone. You know, I forgot to mention the the stock watch at the beginning of the show. I apologize for that. So I'm sure you'll give us if you want to give us that and your final thought, you can. Or if you want to make that your final thought, feel free. No worries at all, um, gentlemen. This is still not the time to buy WWE stock, uh, although it is still staying steady. Um, it's hovering right around the forty-four to forty-five dollar mark. Uh, today it closed at forty-four dollars and seventy-seven cents. Um, so if you're going to buy it at any point, I would recommend the next time it drops to about thirty dollars. Uh, last time it did that was you know the beginning of the recession, March sixteenth. So um, that's where we're at. Uh, you know. No upticks with the Thunderdome announcements. Uh, speaking of the Thunderdome, I am intrigued because the Amway Center, which is in Orlando, uh, actually got a contract from WWE to get the Thunderdome uh, 
kind of up and running. So I'm intrigued with what they end up doing, how big of a sell it's going to be. Uh, so that was just kind of my, my last bit on Thunderdome. Um, so I'm going to send it back to you, Mr. Vito. Thank you for the stock watch, Bobby. We appreciate that. Um, can I just say, uh, legally, I think we need to say we don't know shit about socks. We need to say that. That's a good. Disclaimer. Yeah, don't take our stock advice, please. Don't <laughs> take our stock <laughs> advice, please. <laughs> We're awesome. basing it off raw underground, but <laughs> but we do appreciate the uh, the update every week and and your personal Expert. opinion, Bobby. We really do appreciate that. All right, let me give you my thirty seconds. <laughs> uh, so my thirty seconds today. Um, I wish bloody matches in WWE. Okay, I go back. <laughs> Mike likes to talk about inequalities and I'm very much on that side, but I have to give the flip side of how much I enjoyed when a guy busted his head open off a barbed wire bat. Okay. It just doesn't happen anymore. And in fact, it doesn't happen so much that when it happens accidentally and you know, Nia Jax for the hundredth time kicks someone and busts them open in the nose and if they bleed on TV, they actually make it black and white, which actually is an insult to my intelligence. Like just, just show us the blood. Okay, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I'm fine with people not cutting themselves. Use the fake blood. But God, add some color. You know, it's just bring back some of the reality to this to this to this wrestling generation. Please. That's that's my plea. Okay. But yes, I do agree with Mikey Cash on all of his statements. <laughs> I just hey, listen, also take a different all, side of it. I'm a savage. And these are all the I'm things a savage. that make it better. I'm a savage. But that's okay. Anyways, all right. Well, we, again, we want to thank everyone for listening. Um, we hope you tune in next week. Don't forget again for the hundredth time to tweet at us. What is what is the the hashtag, Bobby, or the, the what's our tweeting name? At from underscore gorilla is our please, Twitter handle. Please, please tweet at us. Make sure you spade and new to your pets. Everyone have a wonderful. Day.